I'm Sam Seitels, and you are listening to The Pillars of Hamilton. And what you're listening to is probably reaching the end of season two as Camp Tuscaloosa is right around the corner, and I'm just going to be a little too busy for this show. But before the end of this season, I have some really awesome guests. My guest today is a true pro on the microphone, a guy who's been doing it forever. I'm talking about Nikki G. He was an awesome dude. I really enjoyed this conversation, and I hope you do too. So without further ado, please welcome my new friend, Nikki G. listening to the pillars of hamilton that's with me sam Sidetells, and you want to know what i'm gonna give them only the finest that hamilton has to offer the biggest blueberries you've ever seen baby and they're all here right now oh ladies and gentlemen i'm a little scared right now <laughs> the truth is gonna come relax out. relax brother relax how can i <laughs> Dude, I every one of my listeners is going to realize how amateur I am after they hear the great Nikki G. Nah, you're too kind, man. Not at all. You're doing a great job here with the podcast, man. You got some uh, great guests, uh, great shows in the past, and uh, it looks like you got a nice April lined up, too. With, uh, yeah, yeah. It's been real rewarding like i'm kind of new to town here so when i get to have an opportunity like like when else when else would i get to meet nikki g and have a, <laughs> a, an hour-long conversation i keep getting to do this and like whether there's uh 700 people listening or seven people listening it's like i still get this awesome experience so thank you man it's been fun yeah thanks for the invite i'm looking for i love the studios too the uh Absolutely amazing. I like the AstroTurf, too. The AstroTurf oh, the, the turf yeah. really ties the room together, doesn't oh, it? Yeah. <laughs> and the little sound, uh, the sound squares there with the uh, the foam. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Much appreciated. You're That's noticing good. the details. And I like the bar. You've got the bar all set up over here. Yeah, this bar is normally for freeze pops during summer camp. But for now, it, this is my man cave for now. You oh, know? yeah. So, Nikki G, you've been in radio for a very long time, right? Yeah, started uh, 1976 when I was 16 years old, uh, a sophomore in Hamilton High School, and uh, one of the guys uh, at the radio station had left and couldn't do the games anymore, so Bob Fry, uh, Jimmy Rodeo, John Rumflow, they invited me to come in and do a, a play-by-play of Hamilton, St. Joe, uh, baseball, and then we went into uh, uh, football season. Oakcrest, Apsagami, Edgewood. Next thing you know, you know, we're doing baseball, football, basketball, and then you migrate into the studio. You learn how to play the records, and you know, speak into the microphone. And so that's that's basically how it snowballed. But how did it? How did what made them decide to ask you? Because I've been doing this for a couple years now, and I just I know. You got to pick and choose wisely who comes on on the microphones. How did they know you would be the right man for the job? It was, I, I don't, uh, my mom worked next door. There was a burger chef at the time, uh, right next door to the radio station, which was um, Whitehorse Pike, uh, right now where Nino's Pizza Rama is. That used to be a burger chef. Um, and my mom was the manager there. And, you know, the guys would come over for burgers and fries and Coca-Colas and stuff like that. And, uh Next thing you know, I'm hanging out at the radio station. I was always a collector of records since uh, since 1970. I was like 10 years old. I was running up to Dan's Stationery buying 45s. Uh, Dan's is where, uh, right on the corner of 2nd and Bellevue now. Um, so I'd be going up there, and then there was the furlough 5 and 10, the national 5 and 10. So I'd be buying 45s as a 10-year-old kid, you know, and then uh, in 1975 started hanging out at the station. And then uh, April of 76, I got my break to broadcast uh, Hamilton, you know, Hamilton and St. Joe baseball. At 16 years yeah. old. Thanks to my buddy, Jimmy Rodeo. Shout out, Jimmy Rodeo. Yeah, God bless him. <laughs> God bless his soul. He was uh, he was a pillar of Hamilton, that's for sure. And a um, uh, great guy and, uh, I mean, a great great talent. Uh, he, he broke into the business, you know, in the 40s in the uh, armed forces, I believe it was, in the military. And then... Uh, in the 50s, working for uh, WFPG when they had the studios on the boardwalk near the Steel Pier. And then in the 60s, uh, he bought his own station. Uh, he bought uh, WNJH at the time. Uh, it was in 2nd uh, uh, well, and Vine, I believe it was, somewhere around there. And uh, Jimmy was working for them. 
bought his own station, uh, changed the call letters. He had uh, WRDI for the AM, 1580, WRDR for the FM, 104.9. And then when you would simulcast, it was WRD Radio Ooh. for Rodeo, <laughs> Rodeo Radio. So that was uh, that's how Jimmy uh, got his little gold mine there in the uh, in the early seventies, and boom, it took off, and he was he was rocking for quite a few years. And so you wouldn't have probably gotten your foot in the door if it weren't for your love of, of records. You wouldn't have even been interested, probably. Yeah, as a, as a record collector, you know, I'd be uh, going home. The funny thing is, is um, the way it started was uh, my grandpa passed away, Salvatore passed away in 1974 in June. And downstairs at their house on Tilton Street, he had a little uh, man cave. But it was actually a uh, tailoring shop. He worked in Kessler clothing behind the house. There was the big Kessler factory. And then on the weekends and at nights, he'd be doing stuff for like the doctors, the lawyers, uh, people in town would bring him their new clothes. He would uh, hem them up, you know, or let them out. You know, if they were too tight, he'd let them out. Or if they were too loose, he'd pull them in, uh, <laughs> you know, do his sewing the, uh, the crotch area, making, you know, just making pants and clothes for uh, men and women and uh, out of his basement. So when he passed away, that room sat there and I asked my grandma uh, if I can use it and turn it into a radio studio. So I painted the walls and uh, painted uh, 56 WFIL on the walls at the time. That was the big Whoa. number one she station paint in Philly. She let you paint the walls, huh? Yeah, oh yeah. That's pretty cool. And then I started hanging up, you know, the album covers. Um, get the scissors out. You cover the, you cut the cover of the album. Yes. Put it on the wall. Dan Morrow and I are about to do that for the Nostalgia Cafe. Very We're breaking nice. out our 45s. That's awesome. <laughs> no, yeah, nothing like it, man. Nothing. And uh, the good thing about that is uh, they hold the smell, too. You can mm. still smell the plastic. <laughs> That's right. So I turned my grandpa's tailoring shop into a radio station. I'd be down there with my records and uh, spending them, making believe I was uh, filling in for Jim O'Brien, Dan Donovan, you know, and WFIL. They... Uh, they were out that day, and they called me in to fill in. So I was down there making believe that was like 75, 74, 75, and then 76, I got my break. Wow. So uh, I want to get to your break, but I also want to ask, because I am a, a newbie when it comes to vinyl. You know, it's like coming back like big time oh, recently. big time, yeah. It's amazing. Something about it, man. It's like I could scroll through my phone and, and like, you know, this song, that song, they all come on. But there's something about it, right, where you pick up that record, you put it on, and you sit by the stereo, and it's spinning, and then half the record's over, and you flip it over. I feel like I'm listening to the music more than just hearing it. You right. Know, I'm really listening That's to it. That's a really it. good point. You're, you're listening to it as opposed to hearing it. Yes. And they sound better, too. But anyway, um, the vinyl is coming back, and the store where you could probably buy anything you want in vinyl is uh, the store that I would go to back in the 70s. Um, you know, I'd go to uh, I'd go to the store, uh, the Berlin Auction, and it had Howard and Nan's Record Shop in the Berlin Auction. And the guy there, his name is Joe. And every Friday, we'd go there and buy the new 45s for the week. You know, there'd be like four or five brand new, you know, releases. How much so, would they cost back then? Uh, I think they were like 89 cents oh, or 95 cents I for don't 45. Yeah. cheap anymore, man. <laughs> yeah, and uh, we were there every Friday. He had them waiting for us. Uh, any new releases, you know, that were the hits. Uh, Casey and the Sunshine Band. I was going to ask yeah. you, what were you listening to? Yeah, Hot Chocolate, Wild Cherry, uh Bachman Turner Overdrive, you know, uh, Frampton. So back in, you know, in the mid seventies, that's, uh, that was the artist. And anytime a new 45 would come in, he'd hold it behind the counter and we surely we'd be there on Friday night, grabbing a pizza. They had a pizza joint in the, uh, Berlin auction and right over to Howard and Nan's record shop for the new 45. So if, if you, you and Dan want, um, 45s. I was just wait in there a, a couple there, of weeks ago. Wait a minute. I thought we were talking about a thing of the past. This place He's is still, still there. Get out of here. Oh, yeah. And when you walk into the store, you walk into the Berlin auction, Howard and Nan's record shop. It's like you're walking into 1968. Oh, that sounds amazing. Oh, yeah. And the, uh, you know, he's got the albums, the 45s, the cassettes, the CDs. Now, are these all used or are no, they brand no, new? No, there's brand new 45s there. It's got the little dividers in between. Mm -hmm. You know, the records. Mm -hmm. 
It's got the artist name on the top of the divider, and the 45s are inside. What's the place called again? Howard and Dan's? Howard and Nan. Nan's Records. Howard and Nan's Record Shop. Berlin Auction. Uh, I believe they're open Wednesdays or Thursdays through Sunday. All right. And uh, he's still... (laughs) You've sold it. I'm there. Joe's still there. And uh, it's great, because I hadn't seen him in years. And we were there a couple of weeks ago, and I walked in, and I said, Joe! You know, and he... Threw his hands up in the air. He goes, where you been? You know, it's been 40 years. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, it was it was really neat. But anyway, I mean, the store looks the same, smells the same. Wow. And uh, Must feel like, uh, yeah. like nostalgic going in there. It's really cool. There. Yeah, it really yeah. is. So back then, when you start out, when you did get your big break, is that how it was? Like you would say, you know, so-and-so, this is so-and-so, and then you would put the record on, and that's how you would play it, through a record? Yeah, yeah. Um, what do you mean? Like, uh, well, like just because now I when just I was feel making like, believer when I was at the station when you were at the station. Oh, at the station they had the uh, control board. You had the two turntables to your left. You had uh, the record cases, like the wood, real nice wooden uh, thing with the slots for the forty fives. Behind you, you had the rack with all the equipment, and then also there was a reel to reel player behind you, but it was all remote start from the board, uh, the mixing console. And, you know, you cue the record up, you drop the needle on the record, you slide the record, you cue it as soon as you hear the first sound, eh, 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 you know, like that. You cue it to the first sound and then you back it off. You go about a halfway round on okay. the 45. Yeah. So you drop the 45 That's on the turntable. hilarious. Put the needle on it, let it roll until it makes its first sound. You, you know stop. Right where it starts. Right. And then get it and back it off halfway around. So it's ready Just to do a go. half a circle so that when you hit it, you hit the button. Boom. Dude, this was my starts. question yeah. because I kept thinking to myself like, God, I know when I put a record on, it's like, oh, where's that song? It looks like maybe yeah. there. Boom. And then you got something else. But like that's you how cue they it did up. it. The, the, the lingo in the business is you cue it up. Cue it up. Got and it. Then, uh, Taking notes. Yeah. And then, uh, and then you hit the start button. It's like a split second. It's like maybe a half a second yeah. uh, before it's you right hear your first time. note. So I, since I started doing this podcast and and the other shows I've been doing, uh, I've come to find that what we are doing right now, it's like a true art form. I I really believe that. I don't know if you see it the same way I do, but I really feel like it's a craft, uh, you're creating and it's something that you can develop and grow, uh, just like anything else that you can become better at. And a lot of people I feel like might listen and think that they can do that, but it's much different than when you're actually sitting in front of the microphone doing the show. I'm just curious as you're such a professional. Now you're, you're a guy that so many people could learn from like me. And I, I'm just curious when you first started out, how do you see yourself as a DJ back then? What did you have to work on? Um, were you shy? Did you, you know, stutter vocal pauses? What, what were some of the issues you had to deal with at first? Well, the funny story is, um, the funny story is uh, is my diction. I was always oh. uh, very uh, a stickler for you know um, enunciating and produ- pronunciating the diction of the you know your diction. Um, you know, uh, you know it's happening instead of happening. You know, uh, we're going to this place instead of going. We're going, yeah, or we're going to go. You know, sti- are you like still that. a stickler to this day? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, kind of. But I, I also <laughs> learned that uh, you got to back off a little bit because uh, you can be your own. You can be your own nightmare at times. So, but through the years, you um, you develop. You know, you develop an approach and a delivery where you're talking to people as opposed to being Mister Announcer. You know, you know, nobody listens. Nobody listens to that. I mean, who listens to Do the you? guy? You know, they want people want to be talked to. They want to be entertained. They want to. You know, they don't need an announcer. I you know, know. you ever listen to those old? Them, you know? you must have listened to them all the time. Those sure. old radio yeah. DJs. And here's the weather yeah. with Dean Barrow. The only guy that broke that mold. There, I mean, there were. I was really fortunate. Why did they do that? <laughs> because growing up with WFIL, you had uh, Doctor Don Rose in the morning. You had uh, Tommy Tyler from nine to noon, and then from noon to three, you had Jim O'Brien. Uh, three to six, you had Dan Donovan. At night was Joel Denver, George Michael, um, and then Brother Love on the overnight show. But those guys, I mean, they were they were 
air personalities. You know, they weren't announcers. They were, Jim O'Brien is my, uh, basically he's my idol and my mentor. Um, Jim O'Brien was doing uh, WFIL radio. He was doing Channel 6 weather, and he was doing Channel 6 uh, show every morning called Dialing for Dollars. So he had like four things going. Is that where like people try and to call And he was doing in? the Steel Pier show. Yeah, Dialing for Dollars was like an hour-long locally produced show in Philly on Channel 6. And uh, Jim and a young lady, uh, Connie, um, oh boy, the last name escapes me, but if you Google it up. See, this is why you need a good phone for, yeah. so you can Google that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Jim and Brian and uh, Connie would do the Dialing for Dollars show, and that would be, uh, I believe it was like, 10 to 11 in the morning or something like that. He would get off the air off of FIL doing the morning show when Dr. Don Rose left. Uh, Jim O'Brien got it. And then he'd be going over to uh, upstairs to Channel 6. They were all in the same building, FIL and Channel 6. Busy man. Yeah, he'd go upstairs to do dialing for dollars, take a break, come back for the 5 o'clock and Woo! 11 o'clock weather. Oh, yeah, he was, he was tremendous. Uh, Whoa. Unfortunately, in 83, he was killed in a... Uh, skydiving accident. Oh, uh, yeah, he's what, his a big sky get caught yeah. or something. Yeah, big skydiver, and uh, unfortunately, it got tangled up with another guy. Is the story, and um, you know, but uh, sadly, he fell to his death. And wow, uh, yeah, he was in his prime too, man. It was eighty three. Was uh, nineteen eighty three when that happened. He that was, was the year I was born. Yeah, he yeah. was. Uh, you know, he started in the early sixties in New York. I believe the station was W O R. Uh, the rock station in New York. So Jim Bryan, Jim O'Brien, Jim O'Brien. What about him? He was a mentor to you or just an inspiration? He was an idol, a mentor and an inspiration. I loved his work ethic. You know, he always had two or three things going on, which is what I still to this day, I'm going to be 61 in May, believe it or not. And uh, still have three or four things going on. So it's, uh, it's awesome. Yeah. And I always, uh, I always loved his delivery. You know, he was a true air personality, Jim O'Brien. So, um, I always looked at him as the, that's what I, he was the top of the mountain for me. Mm. Yeah. So when it comes to your shows, are you just primarily, I don't mean the word just, are you primarily a, a DJ who sits and does the music and you speak between the uh, the songs or do you do a variety of shows? What are the different kind of shows you do now and the ones you've done over the years? Right. Well, the, uh, the project that I'm on now is my, uh, I built my very own internet, you know, online internet. Nikki G Entertainment. Yes. It's uh, com, and I'm on the air every day from nine to two and do the midday show. Um, and it's basically music from the 60s, 70s, and 80s. All the great songs I that was, everybody loves. Dude, I know. was jamming out to Phil Collins today. <laughs> I was invisible Oh, you were listening? Touch. That's oh, cool. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I loved it. Thanks a lot. Yeah, um, I'm going to be listening a lot more because it was reminding me of when I used to drive in my, when my parents would drive me to school, those were the songs they would listen to. Bingo. And that's exactly, that's exactly why I built the station. Um, you know, the company in Philadelphia that had Oldies 98, uh, they were very successful from 1987 when they signed on uh, through, I guess you could say the 2015, 2017, around that area. You know, they were playing the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Um, all the great songs. They do holiday weekend countdowns. All the different shows. Wait, how, wait, you're talking about songs from the 60s. How does that work with 60s and 70s? A countdown? Like a oh, top yeah. 10? Yeah. yeah how yeah, does no, that even work? Well, you could do the, the weekend countdown, the number one, number one Is weekend. it like most requested? No, you, the... you play all number ones for the week. Oh, you know, stuff like okay, that. okay, I got gotcha. you. Or you do A to Z, you open up your music library and you play everything from A to Z. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. So they were, uh, you know, they were doing the 60s, 70s, and 80s. They had all the great personalities. Uh, you know, Ross Britton and the Breakfast Club, Valerie Knight, um, Harvey Holiday was the midday guy, Cadillac Jack was there, and then I came in, took the afternoons. Uh, Bob Charger was the night guy, uh, Rock and Ron K was the overnight guy. On the weekends, you know, you had your personalities there too, Angela Mason, uh, the Rock and Redhead. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we had uh, it was a great time, man. I mean, it was it was really cool. Um, and then they had the weekend shows. Uh, you had the top 30 countdown on Saturday mornings. Um, you did a lot of the 60 songs on Saturday, then the Saturday night dance show uh, where you do all the 70s and 80s uh, dance hits. Uh, 
Sunday mornings was the Elvis. Uh, oh, the king. Yeah, yeah. Now you're talking my language. Sunday was all 70s all day. And then on Sunday nights, you had uh, Philly Street Corner Sunday. So basically, um, when they blew that radio station up back in 2017, 2018, uh, you know, people in Philly, Jersey, Delaware, people went ballistic, um, you know, because they had taken their oldie station away from them. What do you mean blew it up? They changed the format. They dropped the 60s and 70s music. They went more 80s and 90s. Why, were the ratings down? Or? No, no. They just, uh, you know, advertise. I, I always believe uh, that it was a edict from the advertising agencies in New York. They had, um, you know, people that weren't familiar with uh, radio formats and stuff like that um, acting as the radio buyers, advertising buyers for time, spots, commercials, and telling the stations you need to get more younger. Uh, you can't be playing the 60s and 70s because everybody wants that 25 to yeah, 35 was, demographic. Right. And unfortunately, I mean, those the, the 25 to 35s, God bless them, they're just getting started in life. Yeah. I mean, they're really... They're kids. Yeah. It's, it, in this day and age, I mean, they have it tougher now than we did when we were 25 and 35. How so? Uh, money's tight. I mean, money, oh, you know... Uh, uh, you know, everything's like, you know, College especially loans. now with the pandemic and stuff. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's crazy. Mm. You know, the uh, economy and stuff is Good just point. insane. Especially for those kids yeah. right out of college. Uh, you have to feel for them. I mean, yeah. how how in the hell are they going to, I mean. Pay back the yeah, loans, yeah. try to get a job. But jobs want people with experience, but they don't have any experience. Right. Like, it's tough. So, um, you know, with that, they wanted to go after the 25 to 40, 25 to 35 demo. And like I said, they don't have the extra money to spend that money is in the demographic of 50 to 75 wise words. Those are the people that buy the new cars. They pay cash. They spend the big money. Yeah. They don't make payments. They come into the car dealer. (laughs) They want a Cadillac. They buy the Cadillac. You know, they don't uh, say, Hey, I'll pay you $530 a month. So, you know, they want to go on a cruise. They book their cruise. Sometimes they go on two or three a year. Um, that's where your doctors and your lawyers, your attorneys and your professionals are, um, you know, in that 40 to 70 year range right there. And that's basically what I built the radio station for. WNGRadio.com is geared toward 40 year old to 70 year old. And it's all the 60s, 70s and 80s. So, so after it, they blew up the station, after they blew that up, people had nowhere to go. So I figured, you know, all these people for these how many years for last four or five years wanting their oldie station, but nobody wanted to play the great music anymore. The It's crazy. I mean, how can you crazy. not play Build Me Up Buttercup? Oh, man. That, or More Today Than Yesterday or My Girl. My, how can you say as a radio station, we're not playing My Girl anymore by The Temptations? I don't know. I, I don't know because I know when I go into Bagliani's like I did today and they're playing songs such as My Girl, I'm just like... Nothing you can say. Yeah. Like, I know it. It's a Bag- fun song. Bagliani's is uh, the Bagliani family and the Galloway family. Uh, they own rental country in Vineland and four locations. And Bagliani's, of course, is uh, heritage, you know, uh, local business in South Jersey and Hamilton. They're my corporate sponsors. They signed right on. I mean, it, as soon as I told them what I was doing, they said, we're in. We're get, As soon as you get on the air, come see me. We're signing in as a corporate sponsor. So now... You know, they're my two uh, two corporate sponsors, and I got uh, Columbia 2 Restaurant. I mean, I, there's I, up to like 38, 38 different clients already uh, with advertising and stuff like that. Listening, we just hit uh, uh, last week we had 467 new listeners. Woo! To, yeah. How are you getting so many new listeners? We uh, started an ad. People are sharing their Facebook thing. That's a big one, right? Uh, Get people to share it. Yeah, I post it every day. <clears throat> And then uh, my friends and fans, and I'm up close to 5,000 between the couple of different three pages that I have, they share it with their friends. Mm-hmm. It's like running water downhill. And once once it gets out there into the Ethernet and people start sharing it, you know, you have no idea where it's going. So we finally hit, uh, we signed on January 10th, almost three months ago, and we're now up to 10,361, I believe is the number. 
Wow. And it's growing like every week. It's like you get uh, three or 400 more people. Plus, we just bought uh, an advertising campaign with the uh, Google and Facebook pay-per-click ads. Oh, I do, I've worked with those, right? Yeah. So what kind of ad are you going to do? And who are you Are you actually going to target that audience that we were speaking about exactly. earlier? Exactly. Yeah. Mm. They, they have the uh, demographics and the uh, whatever that computer lingo is for the, uh, the uh, not algorithm, but um, they know who to target. So yes. I give them a budget every month, say $250 to advertise every month. And then at uh, every time they click on it, it costs me three cents an ad. Three cents is good. Yeah. That's really good. Three yeah. cents per. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes it's up to seven cents or maybe uh, a dollar. Yeah. Or $2. Mine, mine were about like seven, yeah. eight. So like I'm trying to figure out how to get those ads that yeah. more people are going to click on. And um, so we did a thing with Google and Facebook and the areas that I target uh, is really the Jersey, you know, New Jersey, which is the Philly suburbs. If you go across the river, Cherry Hill, Deptford, Mountie from, you know, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Then you come to the interior South Jersey, which is Hamilton, Vineland, uh, Mays Landing. And then you go to the shore, which is Brigant, you know, Tom's River, Brigantine, LBI, Atlantic City, and so forth down. So we're looking at uh, Jersey, and then we also have PA, South Philly, you know, basically all of Philadelphia County and the surrounding counties. Wait, but hold on. This is not actually on your, like, car radio, right? This is the website. Is it the website? Yeah. The, no, I'm talking about the ad that we bought. Yeah, yeah. The but uh, is, that, is that what you're advertising, though? Is Are you trying to advertise the radio that they can listen to in their car? Or Correct. am I just totally confused? Okay. No, we, we <laughs> yes, you can uh, Bluetooth this into your car. Oh, right, from the phone. Okay. Right. Yeah, right. You, you you pair it up, I believe it is. The, yep. That's the <laughs> That is the lingo. lingo. <laughs> yeah. you, See, you're going to uh, learn here, yeah, too. Right. Uh, <laughs> uh, you pair it up, and um, you listen to it on Bluetooth. Uh, we have listeners that listen to it on their smart TV at home. Mm. Of course, uh, Alexa or any of the other devices. You get your uh, home and work PC, desktop, your laptop, your tablet, your this, that, the toaster. If we get our <laughs> if if we get our widgets lined up correctly, you might be able to hear us in your toaster. Perhaps that's perhaps. another that's another thing, right? Widgets. Widget. I've never heard of that. No. So maybe uh, maybe you're making it up. No. <laughs> Man, very cool. And so after forty five years, am I correct? Uh, this this uh, April thirteenth. Will be forty five years. I broadcast my first baseball game. So I have a very serious question for you, Nikki G. Yep. After forty five years, do you still love it? Oh, absolutely. Oh yeah, it's uh, it's like the back of my hand. It's like uh, I, I I can't explain. I've never done drugs in my life. I, I've never taken a drug, but it's like a high when you're on the air. It is right. I guess it would be equivalent to maybe a high. Um, um, uh, it's, it's absolutely, uh, you know, you've been doing it for 45 years. So it's, uh, well, dude, if you're you still know. feeling that way after 45 yeah. years, I mean, you've got some passion. Yeah. Yeah. It's passion. Yeah. It's definitely passion. It's in the blood. So the DNA, it's in the bloodstream. Uh, the other thing I like doing is, uh, the weddings and the class reunions, you know, I have mobile DJ company where, you know, people hire me to come out and do a wedding. Wait, uh, hold on. That's a different thing altogether. I mean, yeah, you speak on the mic, but doing a wedding, man, you you kind of the the DJ kind of runs the the show. It's all on you, man. You can make it or break it, and I love that challenge. That must be so much pressure. Yeah, there's it a lot of pressure, but I suck it up like it's uh, diet yeah. diet root beer, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah so how did that start? Same thing. Uh, 1976. One of the DJs, uh, John Speeney, was his name. Still around, and I believe he's out in Colorado area. So, John, if you're listening, hello and thank you. Uh, back in 1976, he was getting out of the mobile DJ business. He was selling his equipment. So I bought his turntables, his mixer, his speakers, um, the wires, and all that stuff. And my very first job. Oh, yes. <laughs> Jimmy Rodeo, his good buddy, Tip DiDonato. Uh, I know Donato's. Donato's bowling alley. Which tip? Who's tip? Tippy is the uh, dad. That's the dad of the mayor. Yeah, Stevie. Oh, okay. Stevie okay. Donato's dad is yeah, yeah. is tip. Um, tip and his late wife Phyllis owned the bowling alley, and uh, so Jimmy talked to Tippy about letting me come in on Friday nights and DJ in the bar. They had the uh, the lounge in the bowling alley, and it was real seventies, man. It was dark. Uh, 
the lights were down, so it was oh, real. Yeah, I wish it was still like that. Yeah, that when you fun. when you were playing Marvin Gaye and uh, you know stuff oh. like that with the uh, lights <laughs> down low and stuff, that was great. So anyway, I uh, I started there, and uh, same thing in the summer of 1976. Mr. Di uh, hired me to come in and do a couple of Friday nights, and uh, boom, there you go. Next thing you know, I'm doing every Friday night through the summer, into the fall, into the winter. Then uh, the Shore Lounge in Ake Harbor City found out about it. A buddy of mine was doing the Shore Lounge. Should we go hang out there and do that? Um, and then you start doing high school dances. Oh, uh, you did? Oh, yeah, high school dances came next. What was that like? It was, it was really cool in the 70s. Yeah, it was really cool. Uh-huh. Uh, they actually danced. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, the music now is rough. Yeah, in the, in the 70s, and yeah, you, you dance in the brick house, play that funky oh, music. Yes. You know, all the great songs that people dance to now. You can still smile yeah, and yeah. listen to those songs. They are so timeless. Absolutely timeless. Perfect. Yes. Yeah, that's right. You're right. They really are. So did you enjoy doing the, uh, the high school... High school dances, yeah, and then that took over, and then you go into the, uh, then you start doing the birthday parties and the anniversary parties in the VFW hall. Uh, then you graduate and you go into the banquet halls and you're doing class reunions. And then you get your first call for a wedding. That's the big you one, you know, and that's it. Next thing you know, the snowball's rolling, and uh, you're Mister Mobile DJ, and everybody's calling you to come. Do you do them often? Play records, yeah. You know, that's the they would call my grandmom's house and. Uh, my dad would answer because uh, that's the line I gave the uh, my grandmom's home number. Um, that was back in the mid seventies. And uh, yeah, is Nick there? Yeah, he, no, he's not here right now. Who's calling? And my dad would take that. He's a, uh, it's uh, Sonny from uh, you know whatever business it is. He wants you to come play records for him uh, Saturday night for three hours. You know, so I go there. You know, make a hundred dollars or so, Put whatever it was. Yeah. Play records for three hours, and boom. Next thing you know, somebody's there. They like what you're doing. They call mm. you when they're doing something. So uh, that's basically how it rolled. So for any young lovebirds out there who may be listening to this show, if they were to go through the Nick G, I don't want to mess up the name of the business. It's uh, Nick Nikki G, G Entertainment. Nikki G Entertainment. Yeah. Uh, it's NikkiGEntertainment.com, and it encompasses the three things that I do, which is the mobile DJ work, the radio station, and uh, voiceovers for like commercials and Ooh, I definitely want to talk like that. about that yeah. later. But um, what do they expect? Does Nikki G show up and have his own set list? Does Nikki G do just his own freestyle? Do you guys work together to decide? How Absolutely. Does it work? We uh, we have the best equipment. All of our stuff is basically a year or two old, uh, and we always have backup. We have like two or three systems that we bring with us. Um, and the other backup system or backup two systems, you know, they sit in the car. God forbid you ever need them. You've got yes. the backup stuff. Smart move. Uh, a lot of DJs travel without backup. I don't know how they do that, but uh, not my problem. Ballsy. But, <laughs> sure. uh, so we have backup, uh, adequate backup, uh, backup laptops. For I even carry, honestly, I still carry my CDs and 45s uh, in the truck. Yeah, God forbid you ever need them, right? If, yeah, uh, laptops go. To, what if the two laptops it's okay. go down? Okay, I've got the forty five. Right? How cool would you be? I got the CDs. Then we go to the CDs, and if the CD player doesn't work, what happens? <laughs> I, I should have been in the military. I have like, <laughs> I have like <laughs> you were so prepared. I have like four backups to the backup. You that, know what I mean? That should be a military <laughs> thing. Like it's okay. He's got Elvis. <laughs> so uh, that's it. So we we work together. We sit down. We come up with a list of what the bride and groom want. And um, I don't come in with a set list. Uh, it's all basically chosen by the bride and groom and their moms and dads and uh, family and friends. I, they make a nice request list for me, uh, maybe 50 titles that they Do you definitely get annoyed? Want. Do you get annoyed Not if in all. the middle of the show someone's like, hey, play uh, Every Rose Has Its Thorn? Like um, Only when they come up and they're intoxicated. Ah. You know, when the, when the intoxicated ones come up and then uh, the beer muscles come out, you know, you have that every once in a while, not, not, not a lot, but every once no, in a while you get that happens. guy, you know, you get that guy or that lady that's going to scream at you from the dance floor, you know, just uh, trying to do your job. <laughs> yeah. You know, you, you've got a full dance floor and, uh, you know, you're playing, uh, the hottest nineties jam CNC music factory. Everybody dance now going to make you sweat. You know, and they're calling you. You have to dance to that. Saying that, uh, you know, they want to hear uh, the chiffons or something like that from the 50s. You know. uh, yeah. yeah, it doesn't Why fit Why don't in. you play this? You know, hey, you know, 
everybody will get up if you play it. And I, you know, you, you look out at the dance floor and, and you say, looks great. but That's, wait a minute, there's a hundred people on the dance floor. I believe that would be the biggest DJ's fear, right? That you're just up there playing music and nobody is getting the courage to go out there and dance. Hey, it happens. It happens to the best. It happens to the best. Huh? Yes, it does. And it really does happen. There are times when, uh, you know, circumstances beyond your control as a DJ, but that's that's when you've got to buckle down. I always say that uh, that's when you've got to really go, you know, pedal to the metal and really focus in and and really concentrate. Um, Play to the crowd, picking, picking the or? right songs that are going to get these people up. Mm. You know, you start out with a slow dance, you get all the couples out there, um, then you go into something like maybe a twist that they all know. Uh, ah, something they all know. Yeah. It's key, right? Yeah, old-time rock and roll, money, money. Next thing you know, that crowd that was sitting there on their chairs, you know, now they're on the dance floor dancing, they're clapping their hands, they're singing. Um, That's funny. So you have, like, a stash of your secret weapons. Yeah, and then like, you graduate up. You know, you start in the, the twist. Um, then you go into uh, old-time rock and roll, into money, money, and then you come into celebration. We are family, and then you're into the '90s. And next thing you know, there there's people that were sitting down that didn't want to get up or dancing to Bruno, <laughs> Bruno Mars and Lady Gaga. You know what I mean? So then you could just nod your head. Yeah, Job you gotta, well yeah, you just gotta like chill out. You know, and it's uh, such an important day. Like, yeah. it, you know, I'm being silly talking about people, but like, if no one's dancing at someone's wedding, that wedding sucked. Yeah, and and it happens. I mean, there are times yeah. where, where people. You get the mix of crowd that, you know, maybe it's an afternoon wedding. Those are the tough ones, the afternoons. But I really loved the challenge. I love the challenge of I mean, as opposed making to an it evening happen. one. Like, yeah, in the evening, you know, you go to a wedding on a Friday night. You're ready to party. You know, it's people got done work. You know, the week's done. Friday night, they're ready to cut it loose. Yeah. I mean, you know, you can get uh, your three kids can go in and DJ and get everybody up dancing. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, uh, you know, Saturday nights, same thing. Saturday nights is... Party Central, you know, it's the ones that are in Saturday afternoon or maybe a Sunday, Sunday afternoon wedding. Those are the tough ones. Cause, oh, because everyone's thinking about yeah, the next day. Bingo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, Nikki, we have to take a quick commercial break. Ladies and gentlemen, we will be right back. Hey, guys, it's me, Sam. I have two things to drop on you right now. First of all, do you want your kids to have the best summer ever? Of course you do. Well, there's only way you can provide that for them, and that is through an awesome summer camp experience. The swimming, the sports, the outdoor play, and being together with their best buds. Sign up for Camp Tuscaloosa is open right now, so get on that. Also, if you haven't heard by now, I have a new show with my friend named Dan Morrow. It's called The Nostalgia Cafe. We're interviewing celebrities and talking about all your favorite things from your childhood. It can be found on Spotify, iTunes, and anywhere you find your podcast. So check out The Nostalgia Cafe. So um, my mom would be very upset with me if I didn't ask you this question. Do you do bar mitzvahs? I uh, never, never have been asked, uh, but I've, I've gone, well, yeah, I've gone and assisted other DJs, um, you know, with that, with the bat mitzvahs and the bar mitzvahs. Okay. Yeah. So I've. Do I've, you ever need assistance with what you do or do you, is it you just, you go and you're one man? It's uh, myself and my partner, Vinny Petruzzi. Okay. Uh, yeah, Vinny and I have been working together for a number of years now. I got uh, a couple of other buddies that helped me out. Uh, Tony Tony Coranta up in the uh, Deptford area, uh, Johnny Nigro, Michael James down the shore area. Um, so I got uh, like four or five guys that, uh, you know, depending on where the job might be. Yeah. You know, we do that that way. I've done, <laughs> don't, don't look down on me, but I've done two weddings myself just because friends couldn't afford a DJ. So they asked me hey. and dude, you know, I, like I talk on microphone, I used to be a pro wrestler. So I'm used to being in front of an audience, something about being at a wedding that man, you have got to be on. Yeah. You've got to be ready. Uh, I am somewhat proud of my performance because I survived. Good for you. <laughs> You know, that a boy. Yeah, but it is no joke. There's so much pressure there. Well, look at how much money is invested in the day. Yes. You know, you have the church. You start with the uh, well. Before that, you get to the uh, dresses. You get to all the stuff prior. Oh my god! To the day, thousands and uh, thousands and thousands of dollars. The yeah. cake alone could be thousands of dollars. Well, I mean, yeah, you got the uh, girls, the bachelorette party, the bachelor parties. You start there. You got the engagement ring. Let's start there. 
Have you, know, you ever been to a, a wedding where the DJ was just rough? Really? I can't remember because I, I work at all weddings. <laughs> the funny thing, I I, I don't know. I, I'd have to sit and I can't answer that like, That's a good right point. now all off the, the weddings top of my head. DJ. Yeah, usually I'm working. Yeah. Um, Dude, I have. I have. I've been to one. That um, has to be really. Oh, it's so painful. I I went to one where basically the DJ was begging them to come on and dance. Like, not doing the smart moves. Not, he didn't have a bag of tricks. He was more like, come on, guys. What are you doing? Get up and dance. It's a wedding. What are you doing? <laughs> oh, that's not going to work. No. <laughs> I can't even imagine that that really worked. It got real uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> when you're scolding the crowd or insulting the crowd through the microphone. That's, that's usually not good, right? Yeah, I can't even imagine that would even ha possibly have a chance of working. It didn't work. It didn't work. <laughs> I think after he left, they put music on and then people started. Dancing. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> How sad is that? But so I need to know about your voiceover work. I'm so fascinated by it. I've never done any. I'd love to. Not that I have the skills for it, but I just want to know what do you do and what's it all about? Uh, usually uh through the years, you know, you're working with uh, different businesses that advertise on the station you're with and you develop a relationship with them. Uh, for instance, a Shore Toyota or a Bennett Chevrolet uh, or a Frank's Jewelers, uh, you know, Rental Country, Bagliani's, you know, all these people that you work with through the years, you're doing their commercial for the radio station. Then you become friends, you start shopping at their business or going, you know, going there and stuff like that. So then they call you and they ask you, you know, if you'd be interested in voicing a couple of commercials. Um, and then they send you the uh, copy points that you, that they want in the commercial. And then you ad lib around it. You know, uh, my years at OGL, uh, oldies 98 in Philly, I had a nice, uh, nice client base there. Comcast, uh, Pepperidge farms, uh, Campbell's Prego, uh, PNC bank, bank of America, uh, w. E. Henderson. Uh, That's a good lineup. Yeah, uh, Comcast Children's Hospital. So, you know, the, you're doing like multitude of uh, many, many spots. Um, yeah. They're called spots in the radio business. That's another word for commercial. I'm learning. I'm writing uh, my copious notes. <laughs> mm, spots. So they give you the uh, copy points, and you uh, ad lib around it. And you produce the commercial, you put the music or the sound effects behind it, and boom, they like it, they buy it, and it becomes theirs, and they can use it on whatever radio or TV station they choose to. So, Okay. Uh, last question about the whole radio experience, because you have so many years in the business. I don't know if you're going to have an answer for this, man, but I really would love to know if you have a favorite moment, or maybe even, and maybe even a least favorite moment that you will never forget being behind the microphone? Well, um, my favorite moment was uh, the way it started. This would have to be my favorite. It was, uh, it was the summer of 1976. We were doing the baseball games. We started doing the baseball. April 13th was my first day. Um, on the air, it was the first baseball game. But then in the summer or the fall, like when school started, um, they started bringing me in to do weekends, just run the board. You know, there was no talking, just playing the records or the mm. tapes or whatever. And then uh, it was the holidays of 1976 changing into 1977, where uh, one of the guys that did the overnight show couldn't make it in. And was going to be out for a while. I don't know. I don't remember what it was. But uh, Jimmy asked me if I can come in and do the. Oh, he asked my mom and dad if I can come in and do the overnights. You know, there's the door would be locked. You know, I was a 16 year old kid. The door would be locked. Ooh. You know, there's no no hanky panky going on. And uh, <laughs> they said, yeah, if he if he wants to do it, he can stay up that late. Yeah. So Jimmy told me, uh, just run the board, play the songs. Uh, you know, the commercials in between the songs and. That's it. That's all you have to do. So after basically a half a year up to that moment, I had been hanging around the station. So I knew the lingo. I knew the verbiage of what the guys were saying. I knew how to read the weather forecast. Um, so Jimmy, you know, just said, go on the air and just play the music. So I went on the air 
And next thing you know, about one o'clock in the morning, I decide I'm going to crack the mic. Oh. And I'm going to go in. I'm going to do a weather forecast. Oh, no. All right, yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, overnight, cloudy and cold, low drop into 28. Tomorrow, you're going to wake up to sunny skies and a high of 43, you know. Um, thanks for listening to FM 105 WRDR. Uh, you know, the soundtrack of South Drew or whatever the, the lingo was. So anyway, uh, I do that from the, you know, from 1 a.m. Because I figured everybody's sleeping. They won't hear me. Uh-huh. And I, <laughs> I, do, I do it from 1 a.m. to like 5 a.m. Oh, you just keep going. You keep doing it. Yeah. Not to, not- uh, be like every, every 15 minutes. And if Corky Rodeo is listening, uh, Jimmy Rodeo's son, he's probably laughing. He's probably. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I'm doing it throughout the overnight. And then at five o'clock, I stop because that's when people wake up, right? Some Most people, five, six o'clock. Yeah. So I stop. So um, I go home. My dad picks me up. I go home. I go to sleep. Next thing you know, it's like one o'clock in the afternoon. My dad comes in the bed and he shakes me. And he goes, uh, Jimmy Rodeo's on the phone. He wants to talk to you. What'd you do? Oh. He doesn't sound happy. Oh. And I said, I'm just waking up. I'm groggy. Like, uh, oh, you love nothing. waking up yeah. to that, don't yeah. you? No, I don't know. I don't know. What? And he says, uh, he wants you to come down. He wants you to be in his office in an hour. I said, all right, well, we'll be in his office in an hour. So he goes, I'm not going in with you. You're going in. <laughs> Good said, job, Dad. And I said, yeah. Uh-oh. Yeah, it's not your job. It's my job. Mm. So uh, I go into the office and I sit down. Ann Lemons was the secretary at the son, uh, her son Billy and uh, other family. Bill Lemons. Yeah, Billy Lemons. Yeah, his his mom was the secretary there. I know Bill Lemons. Yeah. So um, I walk in. Ann Lemons' office was uh, right there before you got to walk through hers to get to Jimmy's. Okay. Uh-huh. So uh, <laughs> she was the executive secretary. So you got to walk past her to get to Jimmy's office. Uh-huh. So she goes. Mr. Rodeo's in the office, and uh, he's waiting for you. Oh. I said, okay. I said, can I go in now? She goes, yes. So I go in. Mr. Were you Rodeo's- as calm as you are telling that? You you look like you were calm. Were you calm at that moment? Um, No, I don't think so. No. <laughs> okay. So, um, so I walk in. He goes, close the door. So I close the door. He goes, sit down. I sit down. He goes, uh, how did it go last night? I said, great. Went great. And uh, he goes, uh, do you have any problems? I said, no, no problems at all. No. What kind of problems? I said, like cops coming? He said, no. <laughs> no. Well, what do you think? When you think problems, right? Somebody's vandalizing. Serious. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he says, no, no. Uh, in the studio. I said, no, everything worked. Everything ran fine. No, no problem. Mm-hmm. No. W- what are you getting at? He says, uh, did you go on the air? And, uh, and I looked at him. I said, yeah. Yes, I did. He goes, uh, I told you not to go on the air. I said, I know, but, you know, I figured it'd be overnight. It'd be a good chance to try it and practice. Uh, I'd been hanging around for six months. I know what to say. I know what to do. And he goes, uh, okay, well, I'm going to fire that guy, and uh, the job is yours now. (gasps) I got my uh, buddies, uh, the farmer, uh, uh, one of the Donio guys that owns Donio Farms. They used to go off to breakfast every morning, Jimmy Rodeo and all of his buddies. And uh, he says, a couple of guys were up, and they were listening to you, and they said you did a really good job. So I'm going to hire you to do the weekends, and uh, I'm going to let this other guy go. And I said, wow, thank you, Mr. Rodeo. He says, yeah, they said you did a real good job. Keep up the good work. And I said, you know, like a drill sergeant talking to you. You know, he's telling me he did a nice job, but he's hollering at you, you know. So, uh, So it was great. I shook his hand. He gave me a hug. I gave him a hug, and boom, that was it. Our relationship began, and... Um, and that's, that's basically that how it started. Yeah, it was really neat. Oh, what a great <laughs> ending to that story, man. I, and then I was doing baseball. So I was doing the weather forecast and giving baseball scores or hockey scores from the night before. Um, wow. You not, took not a baseball risk. scores. It was uh, basketball and hockey, basketball and hockey. And then I was, uh, we were broadcasting the basketball games. So I would even do promo coming up this Tuesday, uh, WRDR will be broadcasting the Ocrest Apsagami game, blah, 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 you know, 4 o'clock. You listen live on AM 1580 WRDI. So I would do the promo for that. And, uh, you know, I did the weather, and I did some hockey and basketball scores, and boom. 
You, did, uh, you took a risk, and man, did yeah. it pay off. Yeah, my dad my dad thought I was coming out of there with uh, no job. He says, that's what Jimmy I Rodeo thought. was going to fire you. By the way, you were telling that story. I'm like, oh, <laughs> crap. How is this going to be a good memory? <laughs> so, uh, yeah. What happened to the poor fella? Did he uh, go on to do I have, other radio work? I don't read. No, yeah. Um, as a matter of fact, he did up north, up in North Jersey. All area. right, good. So, Happy yeah. ending for him, too, yeah. then. <laughs> I don't know what the problem was, but. Uh, do you, uh, whatever, not your problem. So, <laughs> dude, do you actually. Uh, Actually, we are running a little short in time. Do you have a a story of like just where things went bananas, where things just did not work out or something you look back on and cringe to this day? I was doing a beef and beer one time um, and a fight broke out right in the middle of the dance floor. Uh, The cops were called. The cops came in and shut the electric off. So that meant the uh, the sound system went dead, all the all the music stopped, all my equipment went off, and uh, they cleared out the. I'm not going to say where it was, but uh, <laughs> it was uh, it was quite interesting because it all happened like within, you know, the the place that I was playing at was tight with the police department in that township, and uh, you know it'd be nothing for the people doing the police officers doing patrol in that area. So uh, when that call went in. You know, that we have a brawl on the dance floor at a beef and beer. I mean, what kind of fight can you That's get into? That's crazy. A, 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 a friggin' beef and beer, Sam. It's a place to have a good time. Really? Like a beef and beer? Who, what are you fighting about? I don't know. So um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> a brawl breaks out on the dance floor, and I, I swear, I'm telling you, like within, it felt like three minutes. Uh, the doors swung open, the cops came in. And they just started tackling people. The lights went out. The electric, they turned the electric Ooh. off. And yeah, this is a, one hell of a scene. Yeah, this is back in the ni- mid-90s. Okay. Yeah. So that would be the, uh, <laughs> I hope that answered your question. Yeah, totally. No, that was good. But I really enjoyed your your happy story. That was, that was the one, dude. Um, you know what? We have to get to the chat pack before you get out of here. But just one more question. Mm-hmm. You were... I do a little research before these interviews just to, you know, get to know the people before I interview them. And you have a, like a really good reputation. And not only do you have a good reputation, yeah, (laughs) but not only it's hard with the radio, you're always talking. You never know if someone's going to misconstrue something, whatever. But not only do you have a good reputation, you have a good reputation with people in town who have wonderful reputations. So the highest of the high really think highly of you. And, um, well, I'm flattered. I'm honored and I'm flattered. And I, I, from the bottom of my heart, thank you. And I appreciate that. Yeah. I heard, dude, I talked to a lot of people. A lot of people love you. Um, so my question is this, you're born and raised in Hamilton. This is my last question for mm-hmm. you. What does Hamilton mean to you? Oh, it's, it's, I mean, Hamilton is like the, uh, it's like one of the ventricles in your heart. You know, it's, uh, it's, like the blood flowing through your heart. I mean, it always will be Tilton street. The funny thing is you could ask my wife when I come, you know, we live in Buena Vista township uh, in the Richland area. Um, so when we come to town, my brother lives in town. My dad, uh, until about four years ago, he had lived in town. Uh, my mom born in, you know, was always, you know, lived in town. So, uh, Hamilton's Hamilton's like, you know, that's the beginnings. That's where you were born. I mean, we were, when I was a baby, we lived on top of Vargas Drugs. Um, then we moved to Delacorte Apartments, uh, which is now Park Avenue Apartments mm. down by the lake. Uh, my mom and dad were the first people uh, in there. They were, uh, when the Delacorte Apartments were built, they were the first people and they came in as the superintendents. So they ran, collected the rent, fixed the repairs and all that stuff. Uh, so that was in the mid '60s, and then in the uh, '70s we lived on Second and Peach Street, uh, on the corner there, and then Tilton Street, right behind the Seven Eleven, right next to the Carnival Grounds. Uh, my uncle owned Crane. My aunt and uncle owned Crane Lumber, uh, which was right there on French and Tilton. So yeah, I mean, when we come by, when we come, you know, when we come to Hamilton, uh, I always got to do a, a ride around the neighborhood. Really? You know, yeah. Instead of going down Bellevue Avenue. Say we go to the diner instead of going down Bellevue Avenue, I have Mm -hmm. to go, I have to go out to park Avenue down by the lake. Cause that's where I grew up playing all kinds of ball, you know, in the lake. So I do the ride around the lake, the apartments, uh, then on our way home, you know, we'll go through Tilton street, come up 
to the Seven Eleven there and make the right hand turn and go. I, I got to go nostalgia. through. My, yeah, I mean, it's, and it's almost like every time she goes, "What are you doing?" You know that, of course, dude. We, I'll do that in my old neighborhoods. I'll pull down the window. Yeah. And smell you know yeah. all those familiar things Absolutely. nothing like it all right man so this is the part in my podcast we do a chat pack where i don't know what this question's gonna be okay you got it looks like six choices here but you're only getting one or two of them so okay. best of luck picking okay so i'm gonna go for he's going for the end oh but he's really thinking hard about this yeah let's oh. see you got six there we got six i believe maybe all right, five, i started six. school in 1965 so i'm gonna go for the fifth one. Oh wow that was the most strategic chat pack <laughs> pick in the history of the pillars of hamilton <laughs> let's see what you got all right and uh let's see chat pack other side other side okay fun questions if you could design any new ride or attraction for Walt Disney World, what would it be? That's interesting. Um, Walt Disney World. They've got some great rides in the... Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. Uh, you go through the, the paradise, um, not the, the progress, the wheel of... Pro you ever been through the... the um, they were, They take you from like the 30s and 40s and they take you through up till today. Carousel of Progress, I think no, it's called. No, dude. Yeah. That's in... That's in that um, sounds fun. So you can, you, obviously, they're getting creative with it. It's very open-ended. Like, if you can create a ride, like, based on anything, what would that ride be? I think it would be like uh, an old-fashioned carnival ride, um, or it would be like the Himalaya. I remember one of the rides I remember going to the carnival every year as a kid was 1975, was the uh, Himalaya ride, and it was such a such a crazy ride ups and downs and stuff like that. And I remember the little DJ, the little skinny guy with the grease all over his playing the records and uh, swearing to God. Uh, Frankie Valley was the big record that year, 1975. So I think I would make like a carnival, like a carnival, um, you know, where they're like the, they got the Aerosmith thing that the, the yeah, yeah. The rock and roller coaster. Yeah. And then they have, uh, the, the tunnel. Where I the wish thing they had lifts more of that. So, yeah. I would go the other way. I would make it more kid friendly, like a, a carnival, like a kids carnival. Yes, um, and then put like a theme, like maybe a, an adventure village. Uh, there was a th place here in South Jersey in Ake Harbor Township, um, I Ivan's Avenue, I think it is, on the Black Horse Pike and Ivan Ave, Ivan's Avenue was a place called Adventure Village, and it had like uh, the train would ride through. And Slippery Sam would rob the train. He'd come out of the woods and hold everybody up with a plastic gun and, you know, take over the train. Good times. Yeah, and then they had the uh, they had the old saloon. You know, it was basically like a 40s, 30s, or 40s little town yeah. with all these buildings. And the saloon, the post office, the, you know, the doctor's old office. Timey. The apothecary and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> the so, apothecary. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> I, would, I would create one of those if I was in Disney, like a real, real – polished uh, mm. back in the day little village for kids and i would send my kids and i think you might notice but the chat pack questions have gotten much smaller i only have two here because after getting to know you over this hour i've decided the other questions were not at your level yeah. so these two powerful questions are for you to choose from okay uh let's go with this one. all right good luck if you could have the voice of any famous person, living or deceased, whose voice would you want to claim as your own? That is so easy. Who is it? I don't even have to think about it. Yes. Harry Callis. Who is that? Oh, <laughs> Philly's, so Philly's announcer, Harry Callis. He came when they opened Veterans Stadium. Uh, Harry Callis was uh, broadcasting for the Houston Astros. Kind of like mixed in with three or four other guys. He wasn't really the man. Um, but Bill Giles, who was the owner of the Phillies at the time, had his eye on this guy. He was a young announcer. And uh, when they opened the stadium, Veterans Stadium, in April of 1971, um, the new announcers were Dan Baker, was the public address announcer in the stadium, and Harry Callis, uh, Bysom, and Richie Ashburn were the three radio and TV announcers. And Harry Callis, uh, his voice... 
his calls for home runs. Swinging a long drive. That ball is out of here. <laughs> uh, oh, it was unbelievable. So if you Google up, if you go on I'm YouTube, YouTube. I'll check it yeah, out. If you go on YouTube and just put in Harry Callis, you'll just get a litany of stuff. <laughs> and uh, you could just sit there for two, three hours and get lost in all those great calls. When, you know, when the Phillies won the World Series in 08, uh, 1980. Uh, so that would my answer to that would be Harry. Collins. Awesome stuff, man. Now I'm glad you had that quick. You knew your answer. Hey, this is you, <laughs> I've never felt funny about. Second doing, would be Jim O'Brien. Okay, yeah. Jim O'Brien. Yeah. Uh, so I'm I've never felt funny about asking this very final thing to any of my guests, but you are constantly over the microphone. But I'm going to ask anyone anyway. You could do this at your job on a daily basis, but here on my show, is there anyone out there in the world that you would like to give a shout out to? Um, living or deceased? That's up to you, man. Yeah, I think I'd like to give a shout out to mom and dad. Ah, oh, man, that's yeah. wonderful. They, uh, you know, they stood by me from the beginning. Started broadcasting games at the Hamilton Little League back in 1972 and 73, uh, 74. I was the PA announcer up in the press box, and you know, so they they made sure that I was always there on time. Uh, when I first got my job at the radio station. They, you know, they were always picking me up and taking me there and making sure that I was on time, you know, and this, that, and the other thing. So, and my support, too. Yeah, yeah, and the support. And, uh, you know, so I'd like to shout out to uh, my mom and dad, Dottie and Armando Giorno, uh, my grandpa and grandma, Lucy and Salvatore. I love that, man. And I have four. Go for it. All right, those yeah, four right Yeah, there. totally. You're, that was great. And uh, listen, if you ever need any help with anything, I got your back. Uh, this was very informative, and you were just as cool as I imagined. So thank you for the invite, man. You got it. Ladies and gentlemen, the great and powerful Nikki G.